Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. It should be easy for people who know how to listen to podcasts to listen to your podcast. Yeah, it should be easy, but you're not helping. Hello and welcome to another Podcast Pontifications with me, Evo Terra. All this week, I've been talking about ways to make your podcast better for your audience, or a better way to say that is making sure that you are tuned to the type of audience you are trying to attract. Not just your avatar, that's important, but the experience with podcasting your avatar might have. On Monday, we talked about the people who, your avatars who discover your podcast through word of mouth and have no idea what podcasting is. What do they do? On Tuesday, we talked about the fact that you are driving people to your show's website and that those people may not know anything at all about podcasting. How do you appeal to them? Yesterday, the topic was about people who, if you want people to stumble across your content on the web, yeah, people do still stumble upon things. How you do that, again, remembering that 75% of them are likely to have not had extensive, if any, experience with podcasting. And today, flipping the script. Now we're talking about making sure that your podcast is easily consumable by people who get podcasting. Yay! The other 25% of us. You'd think that would be easy, as I just mentioned at the top of the program. And in fact, it is easy. If people already know how to listen to a podcast, really, all they need to know is that you have a podcast, A, and B, what the name of that podcast is. That should do it, right? Yes, I agree that should do it. However, it doesn't. A lot of our focus as podcasters comes to do with our homepage and our podcast page and our social media posts, and we do all sorts of interesting things to push out engagement. But when we think about our avatar, the perfect person who should be listening to our podcast, and we put the mantle on that person that they have experience listening to podcasts, it becomes clear what we should do for that person. And what becomes clear is that you don't know how this person prefers to listen to podcasts. Keep in mind that whatever you might have heard about the success of one app over another, everybody has their own personal preferences when it comes to how they listen. Yes, many people, the majority of people do use the default Apple Podcasts app. But... If, you are, if the person who is thinking about listening to your show does not use the default Apple Podcast app, then every time you push a link to Apple Podcasts to that person, you're not helping. And in fact, you might even be hindering the situation. 
This person might listen to your show on YouTube. Yeah. They might actually go to YouTube, go to your channel. That would be like what they'd like to do is go to the channel, push play on the playlist, set the phone down on the seat beside them, and drive to work. That's a possibility. Lots of people listen that way. My point is, you don't know this. You don't know anything other than this person prefers to listen to podcasts. And that's all you need to know to gear, gear up what your action should be. Your action when a when you your action to attract the podcast listener who has experience is to make sure that your show is available in every single app that they could possibly be using. And no, submitting your show to Apple Podcasts is not enough. It's not. People listen to whatever apps they want. And after my experience last week of going through and trying out the various podcast listening apps, the switching costs to get from one to another are astronomical. They really are. It is not easy to use multiple podcast apps. A lot of that is on the app makers, and I promise I will bring them to task in a future episode of Podcast Pontifications. But a lot of it is also just developing for humans, and humans want different things and have different expectations. It is an unreasonable expectation for you, podcast creator, to assume that you can just push people to one platform. Not happening. One listening platform is not an option. Listen, if you were an author of a book, you wouldn't say, look, my book is only available in this particular store, unless that particular store is giving you a massive, massive incentive to do that. And your free podcast, no massive incentive to do that. If you are a recording artist, you don't get to dictate which radio stations, which music streaming services, really, play your content, unless, unless those stations do payola or those music streaming services offer you a much higher royalty rate. Again, your free podcast doesn't have that. You don't get to dictate which browser people use when they come to your website unless, I don't know, you're stuck in 1997 and you say IE only. It doesn't work that way and it shouldn't work that way for your podcast. You have the responsibility to make sure that your show is available on every single listening platform. And I'm not talking about two or three. When I launch a show for a new client and when we submit that show, we use about 20 different services that we manually submit the RSS feed to. But then we also have connections to YouTube. Every single episode that we produce, if the client has a YouTube channel, we make sure that a YouTube video goes out for that as well. You've got to be on Spotify. Even though you may have some political issues with some directory, some service, you need to really think about it. Does your political issue, your pet peeve, real or imaginary matters not? I don't care how, how deeply you feel about that. Is it something you feel strongly enough, feel passionately enough that you want to prohibit those, your potential listeners who prefer that service from listening to your show, effectively making it invisible? I don't think you do. 
I think you need to make it there. Here's one more thing to think about. Most podcast listeners, when they hear about a new podcast, they don't bother to go to the website of the podcast. And why would they? If you hear about a brand new movie, do you run to the website of that movie to check it out? Nope. If you hear about an author has a new book, do you go to thatnewbook.com to check it out? Nope. If you hear about a new television show that's coming on, do you go to thattelevisionshow.com to check it out? Nope. You don't. Because you know how to experience this media in these different mediums. You just go to where you can consume that. You go to Amazon to get the book. You go to, I don't know, Movie Phone, uh, Fandango. Check out the movie reviews. You go to Rotten Tomatoes. You pull up your TV, your big giant list of channels. You see where it's at. Or you hear it on Hulu or Netflix or whatever. And that's where you go. Same thing for podcasting. The benefit here is, for the vast majority of us podcasters making it free, we perhaps have the only medium where it's really easy to make sure that our content is every single place it needs to be. But that's not just two or three. That's more than a dozen. And if you're not sure where to do that, get in touch with me. I'm, I'm happy to share you share with you the list of places that I utilize. There's lots of lists on the internet of how to submit this kind of stuff, but I'll, I'll share. Get in touch with me, evo at podcastlaunch.pro, and I'll be happy to send that to you. If you are out there and you need some help with podcasting, thinking through things like these, making sure that your show appeals to your avatar no matter what, their listening experience, please also get in touch with me. Check out podcastlaunch.pro. That's got a list of the services that, we're list that we offer to our clients all around the globe. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'm off on Fridays, but I'll be back on Monday with a brand new miniseries right here on Podcast Pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic health care need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, Access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donations4abortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, 
Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, abortion.cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, plancpills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.